Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. So, how, uh, what's up with you, dude? Well, I worked today. Nothing much. Nothing much. <laughs> I was <laughs> about say to that. go toast this morning. Yeah. Medium brown. I got back from a wedding. Oh, I, I think I talked about that last week. Went went to a wedding in Minnesota. That was pretty awesome. Nice. Really beautiful out there. But yeah, dude, I've just been working a lot. I mean, the snowbirds are coming back, and so getting into stores and doing what I got to do. What you got to do. Yeah. How about you? Same. Same, same. Same, same. Cool, man. Yeah, man. Um. So this week, I want to talk about some antibiotics that are pretty rough. But I was wondering first if you had any stories you wanted to share. Maybe we could throw in a story. I don't know. You There's have been anything? a lot of people coming in with like into the store with, which frightens me because we talked about colonoscopies a couple of weeks back. Yep. And there's been an influx of people. I don't know if it's like you get that car and now you see everybody's driving it type deal, but people coming in with uh, family members or themselves that are dealing with rectal cancer. Okay. And was actually talking to a a woman today whose mother uh, was diagnosed with rectal cancer, but they went and did the biopsies and they caused such problem with these biopsies and prolific, I don't even... They they pierced his colon? And all this different... Really? Hers. Oh. And it's so bad that the doctor can't even like perform an exam. Like huh. now I, it's the complications are terrible, but basically it was like this shit storm of problems. No, no pun. In, no pun. <laughs> oh oh man. man, I did not. Okay. So anyways, it's just a problem, but I just cannot stress enough. Um, just taking precautions now about what you eat, you know, largely some of these processed foods yeah. that are harder for us to break down and our water supply and some of these things that we're ingesting that they're all going, even these mainstream doctors are like, stay away from this and stay away from these and hormone laden foods. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's going mainstream because I've always just heard treat the symptom, treat the symptom, not the root of the issue. So it's kind of interesting to see these medical doctors coming around prescribing or recommending CBD um, but pushing them this way too, because she was in there for curcumin, um, which is an extract of turmeric that's right. anti. For, say anti-inflammatory, it lowers inflammatory factors. It supports natural inflammatory reactions in the body. There you go. That's how you say it. Um, and but so it it uh, it's that's been something that's popping up the term the curcumin for dealing with that, with the anal issues or rectal issues or colon issues. Yeah. All, all right. of the above, because I've seen people coming in for all of that. All right. So that's been a trend. Man. So I just wanted to bring that up that uh, start taking it now before you have an issue later. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I, w- I wanted to touch this week on some a certain class of antibiotics that are, are pretty widely prescribed, but they just they've caused like untold damage in a lot of different people. Yep. Uh, I'm talking about fluoroquinolones. Have you ever heard of fluoroquinolones? I have not. No. Okay. So if you've been in the natural industry for a while, you've probably heard about these. Is um, that a dig at me? 
N- newbie. <laughs> hey, noob. If you've been here, noob. <laughs> well, I'm surprised you haven't heard a customer come in because I, I remember when I worked at that health food store, there were some customers who'd come in and talk about it. So, Well, that's the thing. I don't really listen to them. Okay. Good call. That, <laughs> no. that could be a good approach. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just not good with those pharma names. So the most common ones you've probably heard of, uh, ciprofloxacin. Uh, it's also called Cipro, Levaquin, Avalox, Floxin, and probably uh, Norfloxacin. Those are probably the most common ones. I've heard all of those. Yeah. So uh, the common nomenclature in all those is they have flocks in their nature. Uh, in fact, many of the support groups for people who've been injured from these go by some type of flocks name, like oh, you've flox. been floxed or, yeah, right? Floxy Hope, something like that. Got floxed up. this class of antibiotics it originated from quinolones which were used in the 70s for things like urinary tract infections and scientists found that they added a fluorine you know atom or whatever to quinolones made them much better at penetrating tissues and gave them this broad antibacterial effect against different types of bacteria okay so cipro came out in 1987 uh, and it's probably, along with Levaquin, the most prescribed fluoroquinolone. And there's something around 30 fluoroquinolones that were created, but they've all been removed from the market uh, except for six, or they're really severely restricted wow. in their use. So doctors really love these antibiotics for several reasons. Um, like I mentioned, they penetrate tissues very well. They absorb very well for an oral antibiotic. Uh, there's certain infections that you can take oral antibiotics for. Uh, but these antibiotics, they won't necessarily get to the infected tissue. Cipro, on the other hand, you know, it penetrates tissue so well that it's like getting an IV of antibiotics. So, okay. so say you have like an infection, uh, I don't know, of like a prostate or some tissue that only certain antibiotics reach. Instead of getting an IV of antibiotics, you could get Cipro tablets and go home. So it's it's much more convenient. So it helps the absorption, the Cipro, which means that it could also help penetrate negative compounds as well into the system no it doesn't it doesn't help other things absorb it no itself, i mean it, itself that's itself what i'm saying self absorbs well right but yes. there could be negative properties within the cipro itself that are also being penetrating very deep is that correct okay. so yeah yeah so yes yeah that is correct that's kind of how to think of it the original quinolones didn't absorb didn't penetrate that well but these penetrate very very well so you know good like, and bad yeah that's that's good because if you have an infection it's and it's really deep somewhere totally you know then it's going to be able to get there but if yeah exactly okay. good and bad so cipro it also has a really wide range of infections that it works against it's basically a swiss army knife I actually remember when I was traveling a lot with my mm. friends, you know, uh, I talked to several fellow travelers who carried Cipro with them yeah. all the time because they would get sick or, you know, and it would handle basically most of what they were dealing I with. I remember that too with travelers. They had Cipro. Really? Like Pez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing to carry. So all these factors, you know, the deep penetration, the broad spectrum effectiveness, the ease of use compared to IV antibiotics, it really makes Cipro and other fluoroquinolones kind of like the go-to prescription for a lot of doctors. Mm. So according to the FDA, these antibiotics are some of the most commonly prescribed antibiotics on the market. Uh, In 2011, there were 23.1 million unique patients who received a prescription of fluoroquinolones. And in 2015, there were something like 32 million prescriptions of fluoroquinolones. And this is in the U.S. alone. Okay. 
Um, so pres- prescriptions for these are pretty common and it looks like they're going up. Although I was at an event this weekend, a fundraiser for the Diabetes Association. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, it was quite the affair. I was there <laughs> in my black tie. Yeah, That's yada. awesome. Fun. It was fun. I got fifth in the poker tournament, which was pretty sweet. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I got five raffle tickets, but I didn't win anything. But, you know, it was good. You got the tickets. You were there. I was there. So anyway, I was at this event and I have this friend who's a fourth year medical student. And he was saying he worked for another doctor or he... I don't know, interned for another doctor or whatever. And this mm-hmm. doctor who was like the head honcho of, I don't know if it was a hospital or a clinic or whatever, was like, nobody better prescribe fluoroquinolones. If you do, uh, you're fired. Like they were, he was like so adamant wow. against it. So it's, uh, the prescriptions seem to be going up, but at the same time, there are doctors waking up to it okay. and not doing it. So well, that's good. Yeah. So the question is, what's the problem? You know, what what makes these things so bad? We, we've kind of talked about why they're great. Uh, <laughs> and it's basically, a, 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 it's about risk and reward, really. So I focus on, you know, we, we try and talk about tips and information that are low risk while potentially offering a high reward. Right. Right. So it's that old principle with every action, there is an equal or, or opposite reaction. Correct. Oh, boy. And we want the small downside compared to the large upside right and so cipro and the other fluoroquinolones and i'm probably going to use those interchangeably because cipro is so common they're very poor risk versus reward proposition so cipro is what's called an anti-neoplastic agent meaning it works very similarly to how chemotherapy works Mm -hmm. so it disrupts cellular dna and it destroys cells (sighs) against bacteria that this works great (laughs) But it also apparently can work against our own cells sometimes. And according to clinical trials, anywhere between five to twenty five excuse me, five to twenty percent of people who take these drugs get adverse reactions. I mean, that's where the word antibiotic really comes in. It's antibody. Yeah. I mean, that's where it earns its name, something like this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally, that, that's now, right. let me get off my soapbox and let you continue. No, no, it's it's right, and sometimes it's like... You know, that's against the biotic, that's the bacteria. And in this case, it might be not just bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. So those, and like I was saying, 5 to 20% have adverse reactions. Those adverse reactions are brutal. <laughs> and people often get multiple symptoms. Uh, and I'm going to read you this list. It's a brief list. There's, there's countless more. <sighs> Take a breath, people. But uh, yeah, here we go. All right. So peripheral nervous system problems like tingling, numbness, prickling, burning pain, pins and needles, <laughs> electrical or shooting pain, skin crawling sensations, tremors, spasms, central nervous system problems. This one's the best. Dizziness, malaise, weakness, impaired coordination, nightmares, insomnia, headaches, agitation, anxiety, panic attacks, disorientation, impaired concentration or memory, confusion, depersonalization, hallucination, and psychosis. Yeah, I remember the commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Musculoskeletal problems, muscle pain, weakness, soreness, joint swelling, pain, tendon ruptures. So this is actually, yeah, this (laughs) is getting worse. Yeah, this is the black box warning that's on Cipro now, and it's for Achilles tendon ruptures, meaning people would just be sitting at their desk and their Achilles tendon would just explode. That is terrible. <laughs> yeah. How, what is making that contractor? Resta- <laughs> that is, in, that's insane. There are demons in this, basically. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so problems with your senses, uh, dismin- diminished or altered visual or olfactory or auditory functioning, tinnitus, uh, cardiovascular problems, so tachycardia, shortness of breath, hypertension, chest pain, skin, rash, swelling, hair loss, intolerance to heat or cold, 
So my Achilles tendon ruptured. I'm having a heart attack and my hair is falling out. Get me to a, <laughs> an ER quickly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm passing out just from you reading the list. Continue. It, it goes on. It goes on. Of course. We'll, we'll just leave it there. Now, the severity of these reactions, they range from mild to permanent. <sighs> so there are people out there who took these antibiotics. You know, they never knew the difference. They're just like, whatever, I'm fine. There are also people who took these antibiotics once and they are now complete basket cases. Oh my God. And what differentiates these people who react or don't react, they don't know. It's, it's, they don't know, you, you know until you take it. And like I said, adverse reactions are like 5 to 20% of people, which is quite a large range for a drug adverse reaction rate. So what makes that range that tough to kind of get an accurate number is that if people get these antibiotics at a time when they're often very sick. So like if you have a hospital stay and then afterwards you get a rash and some swelling and insomnia, you know, that's often going to get chalked up mm-hmm. to whatever you were in the hospital for, for the first place. Right. Right. Not only that, people sometimes experience delayed reaction to these antibiotics. So sometimes weeks, months, or even years later, they will have issues. Yeah. So when the FDA added the black box warning to Cipro, they noted that tendon First of all, I'm sorry. What, what exactly is a black box warning? So black box warning is when the FDA tells the drug company, you need to put this black box warning on there. And it's, it's is basically... Is it a black box? It, it's an actual black box that says something that's very so it's bad. It's got like a picture of skull and crossbones. Or yes. Something. Okay. It's, it's like, hey, this is really bad. Make sure they know this going into it. Okay. Yeah, and so when they put that black box warning on Cipro, they noted that tendon ruptures can occur up to a year after taking Cipro. Oh my god! And many reports say that, you know, patient reports say that they experienced new symptoms of Cipro toxicity years after taking the antibiotics, which makes it tough to nail down just how many people are being affected uh, by these, but it's probably a lot. Uh, some people also experience a threshold reaction. So the best description of this I came across was from a patient report Uh, And it reads as follows. So on April 15, 2013, I was prescribed Avalox. I had been on this drug many times for chronic uh, sinus infections. This time was different. Within 10 minutes of the first dose, I went into anaphylaxis. I stopped breathing, had numerous convulsions and two grand mal seizures. Since that day, I have suffered with seizures, convulsions, tremors, debilitating fatigue, muscle weakness, vision loss, severe neuropathic pain, vomiting, nausea, lack of appetite, tendon, and vein problems. What's the downside, though? (laughs) (laughs) So you get that, a threshold reaction. You could be taking it, taking it, taking it, and then all of a sudden you're over some some point of, of badness. Terrifying. Yeah. And if that wasn't enough, a lot of times corticosteroids will make the reaction to fluoroquinolones worse. And so corticosteroids and antibiotics, it's basically like a fix anything kind of treatment. Meaning if you go into like a 24 hour emergency clinic, you have inflammations and signs of an infection. If no diagnosis is obvious, corticosteroids and antibiotics are like what you'll get in general. Um, So, I mean, that, that can be a cofactor in, in making fluoroquinolones worse. But what I really want to kind of stress, if I haven't stressed it enough, is just the severity of the reaction that comes from these things. I mean, I read one sufferer say while doing research, and I think it's true, almost nothing completely breaks your body down like fluoroquinolones while still keeping you alive. Like a lot of things are worse for you, but they'll kill you. Mm. But these just break you down and leave you in this chronic messed up state. Yeah, like some giant god hand that comes down and waddles you up into a ball and then just releases you, right? 
In 2001, there was a, a Dr. J.S. Cohen who published an article on fluoroquinolone antibiotics and the severe reaction some people experience while on them. He said, it's difficult to describe the severity of these reactions. They are devastating. Many of the people in my study were healthy before their reactions. Some were high-intensity athletes. Suddenly, they were disabled, in terrible pain, unable to work, walk, or sleep. Well, guess who's canceling their Cipro party this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, am I embarrassed? <laughs> yeah. So I have one. I have one more patient report that I'm going to read. It was pretty hard hitting. Uh, it came from this guy David. I've edited some of the non-pertinent parts out about treatment details and kind of cleaned up his language a little bit. But here it is. This, okay. is, the, this is the last one. All right. <laughs> so permanent CNS damage, shingles, S. Jogren's, Renald's, plaque psoriasis, drug-induced lupus for over six years following a course of Cipro. None of these will ever completely resolve. The molars on my right side of my jaw are now all crowned or cracked from clenching my teeth in my sleep from the pain. I have awakened several times with a mouthful of broken tooth fragments. Sleep deprivation and continuous neuropathy are the norm. Pain management drugs like Dilaudid neuro Neurontin? Uh, tramadol made me even sicker so I have learned to tolerate more pain than I would ever have believed possible thank you VA and thank you Bayer this will no doubt eventually kill me I'll ignore the wrong pain and pay the price things hurt that shouldn't and don't that should I have had shingles in my eye and heart more times than I can count if I went to the ER for every pain I would soon be the boy who cried wolf with no credibility and mountains of bills I take special forms of magnesium and vitamin C which helps with symptoms now instead of waking up every hour to hour and a half I only wake up every three to four hours most nights sometimes I even sleep for five straight hours what a blessing when the pain index is up even the magnesium doesn't help much permanent CS CNS damage is exactly that the fluoroquinolone cross the blood-brain barrier to directly attack the brain which cannot heal itself the worst part of this is that one year after this all started i went to my doctor for another problem i shared my suspicions about a cipro cause of my symptoms and sin syndromes with my doctor and he only ignored me but referred he not only ignored me but referred me to another doctor who put me on another course of cipro which just made it all even worse sounds like a bit of a complainer <laughs> this guy <laughs> <laughs> man i love how like we're getting into like really rough stuff and and you like make light of it but when we're getting into like not so rough stuff you make like even worse of it you know i That's, love hey I, you just pretty much described me I, I love how you do that it's like yeah this was terrible and you're like yeah this is not a big deal what a complainer <laughs> Just kind of a baby, you know? Just kind of, he's a wuss, man. That's weird that four-year-olds can write that well, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah. that's amazing. It's pretty rough there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So if you have been on Cipro or one of these other fluoroquinolones, there are some symptoms that we tend to explain in other ways, but are actually from the antibiotics. So this also goes into like these not being reported. So for example, if you don't recover as fast after exercise, but you kind of think you're just getting a little older, you know? Like, oh, I'm How just getting a little older. How the heck can you tell? I mean, it could be anything causing this, especially if the delayed reaction three years later with a ruptured Achilles tendon. You're not <laughs> going to go, that Cipro three years ago, dang it. Yeah. I mean, like, this is insane to me, the I know. lingering effects of this. I know. And and a lot of these things, like, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't seem like that big a deal. Like, if you start getting small twitching here and there, like an eyelid, but you think you're just tired or uh, if you get like, like mild itching at night, oh you know, God. that kind of goes or travels around and you just think, oh, you know, it's like new clothes or new deodorant or right. something like that. Like there's all these little symptoms that are from Cipro and are, are maybe a sign that taking them again would be a really bad idea. 
but people don't aren't even aware that they're having these reactions as yeah. a result of that yeah. which is the, the startling thing yeah that's what i'm trying to say is yeah. that basically all these little things uh you know you have like little throbbing pains for a few seconds they go away and you just kind of like oh it's no big deal You're like oh i did get out of the car kind of funny today exactly you just explain it away totally. you know, oh it's work stress or something like that so but if you've taken these fluoroquinolones a light bulb should go off in your head to never do that again um however if these antibiotics are used correctly they can be life-saving in a couple cases uh for example if someone has anthrax or life-threatening pneumonia cipro can save your life um so again risk reward right if you got anthrax (laughs) you just go for it yeah (laughs) roll the dice just go for it (laughs) but yeah if you don't have that uh, like a urine, if you have a urinary tract infection, there's there's much better options. <laughs> yeah, much better options than Cipro. Uh, there was a recent New York Times article that talked about fluoroquinolones, which was I thought pretty awesome. Uh, they expressed this kind of risk versus reward really well. So they said, uh, fluoroquinolones are known to have various side effects, including tendon rupture, tears in the heart, uh, aortic rupture, and nerve damage. Uh, and then this doctor guy says, this adds to a long list of rare but serious events that happen with fluoroquinolones, uh, said Dr. Mayar Etmanan, uh, an associate professor of ophthalmology at the University of British Columbia. He's these, good. These drugs should be reserved for situations where nothing else can be used and the benefits outweigh the risks. So I, th- I think that's a good description. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, and how to use them. Personally, I wouldn't. I would refuse to use them unless it was something like anthrax or life-threatening pneumonia. I actually put this little card in my wallet that has like the medications I use and my allergies in case you know some emergency happens to me. Knock on wood. Yeah. And like the medics, they'll they'll look through your wallet, and so it has like the insulins I use, and then my two medical allergies, which are Tylenol and fluoroquinolones. (laughs) I put on there (laughs) because I don't want these. No. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that's pretty much it. Um, that's incredible, man. And it's alarming. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that you can watch out for and and really maybe save yourself from pain. But it's probably a good idea anytime you're prescribed an antibiotic to do some research on it, I would imagine before you start taking it. Definitely. Uh, Or anything really prescribed to you. Totally. Totally. I do. Whenever somebody prescribes me something, I go look, look up online what it does and side effects and everything about it. Well, he, that man told me to take it, and he had a stethoscope, and he had some papers on the wall, so now I'm going to take it. But that's what the show's all about. Yeah. So, This good. little information. So, I'm going to put in the show notes uh, a lot of these sources where I got this stuff from. And if you're interested, there are Facebook groups with tens of thousands of people talking about the best way to get over these symptoms. Okay. So... You know, that one guy mentioned like magnesium and vitamin C. Those are those are good options. But there's some other stuff on people trying to get over this. There's also websites. There's one called Floxy Hope, which has a lot of good info. Um, but yeah, there's just a ton of links. So I like it, man. Yeah, man. Can I just I'll just give a quick update, too, because, you know, I was out with a concussion last week. Yeah, I didn't mention what happened to you last week. I just said you were out. So I got up? clogged on the old nogger. So I uh, yeah, I just uh, I'm doing fine had a follow-up i'm good good to go but it was so you you hit your head i did um, were you what you were like lifting something or i was uh actually trying i was in i was pulling toilet paper out of the shed oh and uh there was a black widow about an inch from my face where i was under this cabinet oh wow and then i came up and hit the cabinet at full speed like i don't think i've ever moved that fast but it clobbered me right so 
on the edge of this metal cabinet okay. and just knocked me silly. And you had a concussion? I did. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I went to work and about 15 minutes into looking, you know, at work, we we're doing the radio show. And I looked down at my feet and I have flip flops on. I walked all the way to work. You and I had blood still streaming down my neck. So no, I was trying to stop no, that. No, you yes. walked to work with blood streaming down your head in yes. flip flops. I walked to work because I live so close to work. Jumped the fence in flip-flops, got into the store in flip-flops, walked around for 15 minutes in flip-flops without realizing I was in flip-flops. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and then I passed out a couple times. They had to carry me to the car, and CAT scan came back fairly clean, all good, okay, and minor good. concussion. Okay. That's it. Wow. All better. I mean, that's kind of funny. As better as I was, I that, guess. I mean, that's kind of funny walking to the store in flip-flops. and I'm glad I had clothes on. Yeah, yeah, right? You know, so I could have. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so sorry, dude. That no, sucks. man. That's how we learn. That, that sucks. Uh, not to keep our toilet paper in the shed. Yeah. All right. Or just be smart. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need a podcast host, man. Try not to hit your head too much. More. I will not. <laughs> I've always been a little punch drunk, but uh, yeah. yeah, let's not do that again. Let's not do that again. Cool, man. Thanks, brother. I'll feel better. I will. You too. Have a great week. Yeah, thanks a lot. And uh, let's see, anything we should say before we get off? Thank you, everybody, for listening so much. If you're shopping through Amazon, feel free to use our link on the website. And uh, yeah, help us out. Share it with other people. That's always a big help just to get it out there. We're trying to uh, get good information together. So teach those grandmas how to use the machine so they can get on here because grandmas love us. (laughs) All right, man. Thanks a lot. Be well. Be well.